0: Based on, uh, based on percentage of attendance last year, we were, we were planning for about 80 people this past uh, Wednesday, and we had uh, close to 120. I, I, I said it was like trying to count ants on an anthill, so I don't know exactly how many we had. Uh, I think that it was close to 120 that they, uh, that they counted, and we're going to do it again in just a few weeks, so make sure you don't miss that one. Um, the, December the 15th on Wednesday night, we're going to do some things differently, uh, some special little things that night as well. Hey, uh, and uh, shoeboxes, man, all that. Did you say, man, some of those pictures the kids had with shoeboxes, I think some of those were boot boxes. So uh, any of you cowboys out there, that, that, whatever kid gets yours is going to be blessed having a, <laughs> that big box. But whatever you can find, don't make them too big so that the uh, some kids aren't jealous of other kids. But please get involved with that. This week um, is coming up Thanksgiving, and uh, you know that I've been uh, preaching for the past couple of years. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago uh, with this thought, and it's, it's out on the sign there as well Is basically this is that the true measure of your thankfulness is how you handle the gifts that you've received. And, uh, it, you know, we, we're going to probably say grace Thursday sometime, right? Right before, you know, we say grace for, uh, I mean, if somebody prays at your house or at your Thanksgiving dinner for 30 seconds, what do y'all do? Y'all probably comment, boy, that was a long prayer. Get somebody else to pray next to you, right? I mean, if somebody spends 30 seconds praying and thanking God, I mean, don't we do that? It's kind of a joke. I mean, I know we don't really mean it, but, but isn't that kind of the attitude we get sometimes? 30-second prayers, a long prayer, and then we're going to devour food for 30 minutes, and then we're going to watch football for three hours, and then go devour some more food, right? And we forget. And so, listen, it's not about devouring the gifts. How are you handling our gifts? And so that's why this week, I'm preaching to you the third in the series, and this week is about, is about giving, okay? And uh, the reason you have an outline, there are several reasons you've got an outline. One of them is because uh, the 9.30 service and the 11 o'clock service are two different sermons because my message today is about an hour plus. So what I've done is, you know, you're not going to have to sit here for the whole thing. I've already preached half of it in the 9.30, and I'm preaching the other half now. Uh, there are a couple of little things that I'm sharing in both sermons, but... For the most part, they're two different sermons, except they're really the same sermon, just part A and part B. And here's what I want you to do. Uh, I want you to go home sometime, please, quick. If you don't do it quick, you'll forget about it. Don't wait till Friday. You'll forget about it. You'll be shopping so much and all that. But go home and listen. Go to the uh, website. There's a reminder at the bottom of your outline. Go to the website. Click on the podcast link and listen to the 930 sermon so that you don't miss anything and you get all this. It was two weeks ago. I uh, was preaching about tithing in the Thanksgiving series, kicking it off. One of the things I share with you is when David and I went to a banquet that week for a charity, sitting there and people raising their hand, 6000 I can give $3,000 and $1,000 and all that was going on and the same thought hit our mind uh, during that same time is, is I wish I could be a giver. I wonder when I said that how many of the how many of you that resonated with you because you thought that's the same somebody told me this right after the sermon this morning and they said that, that's exactly what they feel God make me rich so I can be a giver i mean how many of you think and you know that's that's not really the, the the way it really happens but if if you if if you want to be a giver this morning, I want to talk to you about a giver's DNA, and some of you may say uh well But that's the giver's DNA, and I don't have all that stuff in me. Well, yeah, you do, because, you know, we're different, right? But we've all got the same DNA. It's out of heaven. It's God's genes, right? I mean, we've all got those. And so the things that are in God, they're in us as well. But sometimes you got to uncover them. They get covered up by a lot of other stuff, like selfishness or busyness. Or other things that we just want to do because we want to do them or whatever. And we've got to uncover that stuff to get back down to the traits that are there inside every one of us. You have a giver's DNA inside of you. You just need to dig it out. And so uh, if you want to be a giver, then embrace the things that I'm going to share with you in, in uh, this second half of the sermon and go home and listen to the, the first sermon, the 930 sermon as well, so you can embrace those things and embrace them and start trying to live them. Start trying to dig this stuff out. Start trying to... Push some other stuff aside and make up your mind to be a giver. Okay, because uh, this was something that we kind of, I think most of us were asking, God, I would like to do that as well two weeks ago. So this morning I'm going to tell you about how to get there. A giver's DNA. Let's have a word of prayer and get into this message. Father, I love you and thank you, God, for all of your gifts and blessings to me, Lord. And, and, and I acknowledge, God, that you didn't give them to me just so that I'd have a whole bunch of stuff and a lot of other people around me wouldn't have enough. And, and uh, God, the abundance that you give me, I know, is for somebody else, God, as we've already preached in this series, Lord. And I thank you, God, for that. And, and God, I just pray, remind me daily. Help me open my eyes and see the people that are standing right in front of me that, that need something for me. From you God whether it's uh, my finances or my my time or my talents or my uh, maybe a, a little bit of wisdom or knowledge in the word or maybe in some other place but God help me God uh, to become a giver, true giver, dig out all this all this uh, these traits God that, that I have because I'm your son and God and you've put them inside of me and I pray God that we have a, that I've got a lot of like-minded brothers and sisters here today that say I want to be a giver like that as well in Jesus name we pray and everybody says Amen. Okay, so we're going to look at a giver's DNA, and first thing we want to look at is a giver's focus, okay? Now, I mentioned a giver's focus in the first service, but I want to really flesh it out right here, okay? And so you're going to get a lot more stuff here, and incidentally, that's why you've got, there are two sides to that. You see the 930 and the 11 o'clock, okay? If uh, these notes aren't matching up with the ones, flip over to the other side, and it should make sense, all right? Uh, and incidentally, everything is from Second Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 today. And uh, we don't have time to share the entire two chapters. But I want to encourage you that if you want to be a giver, embrace these two chapters. Make sure you read them this week. Paul says... And now, brothers and sisters, it's the beginning of these two chapters. We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. The grace that God has given the Macedonian churches, and that word "grace," I, I told Mike, make sure it jumps out. I said either highlighted or, or uh, you know, uh, bold or italic. He, he just did them all, so it really jumps out there for you. So you see that the grace, and, and and here's the focus of a giver is that it's all about grace. Okay, and, and what is grace? It's unmerited favor, right? It is something unearned. That's what grace is. And we're not talking about just saving grace, but we're talking about the grace that God gives us when he blesses us with all kinds of things. And this is unearned. And see, here's the problem that most of us have, and this is one of the things that will cover up some of your DNA of of being a giver, is most of us think all the stuff we have in our life, we've earned. And we don't understand that we've got a lot of grace in the stuff that we have. In all of our blessings and our family and the and the friends that we have and our finances and our possessions and, and and the time and the talents and the wisdom and the abilities that we have inside of us. Though you didn't earn those. God has given them to you by grace and, and the 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 few things that you have kind of earned, he gave you the strength to be able to earn them. And so it's about it's about grace. And so here's the first thing about a, a giver's focus is, is they understand stewardship. Now, stewardship, most of us, when we hear stewardship, we know, oh, goodness, they're going to receive an offering at the end of the service. Yeah, we're going to do that. Okay, because here's the thing is they understand it's stewardship. They understand that these things weren't just, they didn't just fall out of heaven, but God chose. He says, here, I'm going to give these things to you. And they're put in our hands, and they're in our hands for us to use them for a certain purpose. Okay, here's the second thing about the giver's focus. Is a giver doesn't see themselves. Givers that have lots of money, they don't see themselves as rich. Rather, they see themselves as blessed. Okay, so here's if you want to become a giver, this is another thing you're going to have to dig off. You know, when you begin to get a blessing here or there, you're going to have to quit looking at yourself and say, "Oh man, look! Now I've got lots of money. Now I got a lot here. Look at what how rich I am." No, you got to quit seeing yourself as rich because givers don't see themselves as rich. They see themselves as blessed. They understand that this is a thing that is from God, that this is something that God gave them, that God owned it all, You know that, that this is a stewardship thing, that he has just entrusted it to them. They're not rich. They are blessed. And so the third thing about their focus is this. They give without strings attached. Now, okay, why would you do that? I mean, my goodness. No, but they give without strings attached because you know what? God gave to you without strings attached. That's what we mean when we say grace. That's what we mean when we, when we talk about this grace. It's free. I mean, when, when God gave you salvation, it was free, right? You didn't have to do a thing for it. It is free. It is without any strings attached. And that's the way God has given to us. And that's the way we're supposed to give. And so it's without strings attached. I mean, a, a gift is not a gift that there's a string attached. Right? Come on now. It's not a gift if there is a string attached. And so the giver's focus, also part of this is that is that they give without strings attached. And the fourth thing about the giver's focus is that they see money as a tool. Money is not a possession. Money is not something to hoard. Money is not something to amass. Money is not something to flash around and say, look what I've got. Money is not something to, to make you seem bigger or more powerful or more important than anybody else in your life. Money is a tool. Givers see, see money as something that God puts in their hands so that they can go out and they can do great works for God. That's what givers see money as. It is a tool for them to be used by God. Look at it in uh, chapter 9, verse 11. You will be enriched in every way so that... See that word, those words, so that, told Mike, I said highlight those two because I want to make sure everybody gets that. So that, so what does that mean? It's kind of like, here, here's the reason why. This, this first line is what happened to you and then the rest of this verse is the reason it happened. That's what the so that means. It says you will be enriched in every way. This is the blessing that is coming to you is by God's grace and mercy and his just love for you, you're going to be enriched. Okay, But not just rich, so you can say rich. You're going to be rich. And here's the reason why. So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Here's the other part of the, of the, the giver's focus. is they, they know that God has blessed them. So first of all, they can be generous. This is why God has blessed me, so I can be generous. He didn't bless me so I can say, look how, look how rich I am. Look how beautiful I am. Look how wonderful I am. You know, God didn't make me this good looking just so I could stand up here and tell you how beautiful God has made me. Come, yeah, that's a joke. You can laugh a little bit. It's okay. I don't really believe that, okay? I used to, you know, back several years ago when I had hair and all these other things, you know. But God, didn't, God didn't bless us so we can be rich. You are enriched so that you can be generous on every occasion, not just Sunday for a little while. Not just when maybe right now check, I think I'll give an extra 50 cents today. Generous? That's not generous. What does the word generous mean? Generous doesn't mean by measure. Generous means by without measure. You can be generous on every occasion, not just on Sunday, but out in the community, out in the world. When you're when you're walking up and down the street, when you're standing in line at Walmart, you know that you can be generous on every occasion. That's why God wants to enrich you, and not just with finances, but with talents and with abilities, with with uh, uh, just love and concern and traits that He has put inside of you. All, all these good things and blessings that God's given you, He wants you to be generous in, in every occasion and. And then what is the ultimate reason God? Because God's a jealous God. Have you ever heard that? The word says God is a jealous God. And so you know why he does this? He makes us rich in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion so that it will result in thanksgiving to God. God wants to bless us so that we can bless others so everybody will be excited and say, thank God. He doesn't want to bless us so that you can bless others and you get credit for it. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's not the reason God wants to God wants to bless you so you can bless others and then you can say look it wasn't me it was God that blessed me and I'm just sharing some of that that God has blessed me with he does this for this purpose and, and so givers understand this the givers focus is wrap it all up in this one thing right here okay is that everything belongs to God anyway it is all God's he owns it it is his the, the, the whole focus is that it is God's money every dime you have belongs to God you believe that uh, wait a minute, Well, what's the money made out of? Even the stuff it's made out of belongs to God. This whole earth belongs to God, Psalms tells us. The, whole, the earth is, is, is full of the goodness of the Lord. It all belongs to him. It was his, he created it. Everything that he has and, and all the strength that you have, you were created by his power. And everything that you are and everything that you have, everything we have, it is, it is God's money in the first place and it'll be God's money in the last place. And he'll do with it as he wants. And if he can't get a blessing from here, if he, if he invests some money here and he can't get a blessing, he can just take it out of that person's hand and put it in the hands of somebody else that will do the blessing. Ooh. That's something that givers understand. It's a giver's DNA to understand that it all belongs to God anyway. And all these things I've told you so far, just adding up to this one thing, that when you really get it, that it all belongs to God, it'll teach you all those other little things we said just a few moments ago. Okay, so now, Let's look at the giver's attitude uh, in chapter 8, verse 12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. If the willingness is there, then the gift is acceptable. Not the amount, not the not the hugeness of it. If the willingness is there. Prothemia, is that the word? Prothemia? And what does it mean right there? It means a willing disposition. That's that's that word right there at the very first of that sentence. If the prothemia is there, a willing disposition, what kind of disposition do you have? What what kind of attitude do you have? A giver's attitude is to have a willing disposition. That's uh, to be willing, to to be ready. You know, you start. You you ever ask somebody a question, you can see it on their face, they ain't going to do this. I can pay them $100, they're still not going to do this. You ever ask somebody to do something for you get it out of your mouth, you can see it on their face, they are not, that's not a willingness. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for a willingness. And if you want your gift to be accepted by God, if you want God to be able to be generous through you and do great things, and you want God to also be able to get glory out of it and then continue to give to you and continue to use you as a channel, the first thing you're going to have to do is have a a willing disposition. You're going to have to be willing to do it God's way. A willing disposition. When he puts it in your hand, then you've got to hand it over. It's a willing disposition. Secondly, givers are bothered by inefficiency that wastes their gift. God gave me this. This is God's money. And first of all, they're not going to just throw it around and give it to anybody they can. They're going to be careful about where they give it. And the reason they're going to do this is because God gave it to them and God doesn't want them to waste it. He wants them to put it in the right places, and so they're careful. Let me tell you, great—the greatest givers I've ever run into in my life. People in uh, where I had other ministries that, that people were giving lots of money to. You know what they wanted to? They wanted to make sure that we were handling their money efficiently and we weren't wasting it. And 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 I invite you to, uh, you know, we started to spend some time here, but I didn't want to make it an hour and a half sermon, so we just not going to spend time here today. But I invite you come sit with me. I'll show you. One of the things I, I've kind of been known of in my ministry is to is to get a dollar's worth of stuff out of a, out of a dime, you know, to to stretch that ministry. You know why? Because we've had to do it for so many years. You know, as people, you, you got people wanting to come into church and wanting to get a, a dollar's worth of ministry. They want to give you a dime for the dollar's worth of ministry. And you know what? It just doesn't work that way unless God helps you. And so that's one of the things we're doing around here. There's only one. I'm, I'm the only uh, full time staff member at this church we're We're in a building right now that doesn't I said I wasn't going to get into all this because we didn't have time for it but we're in a building that we don't have a we don't have a building payment thank god uh you know churches are struggling a lot of churches are struggling today because of where the economy is at giving is down people don't have extra money to be givers they're barely paying their tithes those that are and people are struggling we're in a church we don't have a church payment God bless. Church 2911 to be able to be a relaunch from a previous church of Mount Olive Road, Church of God. We're blessed to have this gift to us in this way. Yeah, we've got, we got to make some strides. Somebody said Wednesday night after church, we need a bigger building. Yeah, a hundred, it's hard to feed a hundred and twenty something in this, in this room right here. And this is the biggest room we've got. We need a bigger building. So are we going to start a building pro? No, you know what? I, I, I'm not really interested in starting a building pro. That's not what this is about. Well, what I'm saying is we, we're doing a lot with what little we have and we're, we're running on about eleven or twelve thousand dollars. Uh, monthly budget. And there's only got one full-time staff member, and that's me. And we got three other staff, four other staff members, and a part-time, another part-time, they're all part-time. And we've basically got four or five other people that are helping us get everything done around here. And so I want to tell you, if you've got this giver's DNA, and that you're worried about inefficiency and worried about your gift being wasted, let me tell you, you don't have to worry about it around here. We don't have enough, we don't have enough money to waste money. You know, we've got to pinch every penny we can and do all those things. I, I, and, and I'll be glad to sit down with anyone that wants to ask specific questions and I'll tell you what we're spending and all those things because I I want you to know you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about this place. You can do that. So thirdly also, a giver's attitude is they are not as concerned about amount as they are about impact. Givers, here's what they don't care about the amount. The amount isn't important to them. I mean it doesn't matter if it's a $500 need or a $2,000 need if they've got the money. That's not what's important. What's important to them is about having the impact. And you know what, you know what givers would like to do? And, and, and I'm speaking to you because I, I want you to embrace this. I want you to become givers. Is givers start looking around at how can we have impact? Not where can I give a whole bunch of money? That's not a giver. That's somebody who's just wanting to make a flash in a pan, make everybody excited and and get a lot of glory for what they're doing. That's not what a giver does. A a giver is unconcerned about the amount. A giver doesn't care about the amount. A giver cares about having impact. And if if they can have impact by giving $100 to to a church instead of uh, wasting it $500 somewhere else, they'd much rather give $100 to a church. That's the true heart of a giver, is that they want to have impact. Impact. Can I tell you about impact here? Oh my goodness, I said I didn't, I went on those. Deal with all these little things because I just don't have time for it. But I gotta just tell you this one. In case you didn't hear it, because we talked about this just in this series already, but let me say this and just in case you didn't hear it yet. You know, one of the, one of the goals of this church, I mean, what we're all about, we're not about being another cookie cutter option for people who got mad at the pastor down the street or whatever to come to this church. We're not interested in being just another cookie cutter option, but we want to reach the unchurched. We want to reach the, I, I read, uh, the past couple of weeks, I've been reading some, uh, some material from someone and they, they, they called them the D-churched as well. You know, there's the unchurched that have never been in church. Then there's the D-churched, the people that got mad or got hurt or whatever, and they got out of church. They didn't even feel like they were welcome anymore. They left church for whatever reason, and they're, they're D-churched. And, and that's what we've done. And so one of our goals around here is to eventually be 50% of the people sitting here to have been unchurched before attending Church 2911. And we've got about 170 that are attending right now. And I've I personally counted, and we've got 52 or 54 people. I don't remember which number it is. But 52 or 54 people that before they started attending church 29-11, they were not attending church anywhere. Praise God for that. Can I tell you something? That's impact. Somebody say, hey man, that's not transfer growth. Uh, you know, That's not uh, somebody getting mad down the street or somebody say, hey, I want to be a part of the newest thing going on. I mean, that's, that's impact when 50-something people are attending church that were not attending anywhere before they started coming here. That's impact. And so my goodness, if you've got a giver's attitude, a giver's DNA, then I want to tell you, this is a place that... That your gift can have impact. But then let's talk about the plan, okay? Because here's, here's the place where we're going to wrap this up. I've got, got a few little points right for you here and in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. And they exceeded our expectations, Paul says. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. Okay, here I've got to tell you this. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. We've got to mention tithes right here. I know tithes was preached two weeks ago, but I've got to come back to tithes for just a moment. Because you cannot give a gift... When you haven't given the tithe. You know, you, you cannot, if, if God's blessed you, he said, look, the first 10% belongs to me. He didn't start that in Matthew. He didn't start it in the prophets. He didn't start it in the kings. He started it all the way back in Genesis. The first 10th belongs to God, okay? Now, I'm not going to check on you. I'm not coming to your house this week. Now, I know of some churches that you joined the church they send a committee over to your house that week say, okay, how much money do you owe? Okay, this is what we expect from you. This much tithes, this much in giving, this much in missions, this, much, this is between you and God. I'd like to do that sometime because we could do a whole lot more around here with ministry if we could do that, if we could get away with it. I just don't know we'd get away with it very long. I'm, I'm not getting on to you that way, but I'm telling you, here's what you can't do. You can't take God's tithe and then give it somewhere else and say, I gave a big offering. And get, you're just, you're just kind of redistributing God's money. You know, and and, and here's the issue. Here's how, here's how this comes up. And you say, well, does it really matter as long as it gets to the church? Yes, it matters because when you, when you take God's money and you redistribute it and you earmark it for something. You know, when you when you do that, you know, it's like you can come up here and you can say, "Hey, Jamie, I want to buy all your sheet music, everything you need for the next year." And if we all do that, if we all buy sheet music, that's great. But we won't have a minister, a uh, a worship pastor, very long because we won't have any tithes to pay the salaries for her and for the student pastor and the children's pastor. You see, we can't redistribute. You see, and you can't, you know, if you've got, you've got $100 of God's money, you can't give 50 and say that's a gift. You just redistributed God's money. But that's the first thing they did, he said right here. They, first of all, they gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. They followed him in those things. Now, I know it's not, it doesn't specifically say, it is talking about tithe there, but it says they gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. You cannot give yourself to God without without following all of his commands there. And the first thing you've got to do is that. And so the second thing, then you can start giving. So the first thing they did is they, they they gave themselves to the Lord and then they moved on to give themselves to everyone. because of that. And to, to givers, this plan, they understand this plan. It's a God thing. The pastor didn't dream it up. The church didn't dream it up. Ten percent has always been his way. You know, we're not going to have new legislation come out by the, the church senate or house of representatives that says we're going to have to increase your tithes. This is God's plan. And a giver understands and a giver accepts and embraces this, that this is the plan and it is a God thing to them. And I can't be blessed. I can't be, I I can't receive what I need from God unless I'm accomplishing. And let me say this. And this is one of those places where I, I hesitate as a pastor, as a man. I really struggle some with this just a little bit as a human being. I don't like preaching on giving because people will start pointing fingers and say, yeah, that preacher, you know, whatever, he's just interested in money or he's just this. Or, he's always talking about and I and I don't like to do that. But, you know, every person that's a member of this church, when you join this church, you answer a question, do you promise to support this church with your attendance and temporal means to the best of your ability? And, and, and if you, and if you became a member of Church 2911 because you were a member of the Mount Olive Road Church of God, and you kind of just slid on in here because this was just a relaunch of that church, if you did that, you answer that question because everybody that's a member of the Church of God has to, that's one of the questions you have to answer. And you said that. And so this, this thing is about let's recommit ourselves to remembering that this is a God thing. I made a commitment to God that I've got to do this. And I'm, I'm sorry if I'm offending you. You know, if somebody, if this bothers somebody, uh, but I have to say it, you know, if uh, you have just gotten away and you just don't really feel like that's important to you, well, uh, you know, hey, if that's the way you want to live, that's between you and God. And just hang on here just a couple more minutes and you probably won't hear anything about it for five or six more months. And you can just live the way you want to live, but this is a God thing. And you made a commitment to God and this is not about a commitment to the church, it's about a commitment to God. And you've got to decide, is this going to be a you thing or is this going to be a God thing? You see, when you're doing it your way, it's not a God thing. When you're doing it your way, there are no blessings in the rest of your life. You can't do it your way and have God take charge of the rest of your life. You can't have blessings in your marriage when you're not doing God's thing His way. When you're doing it your way, you can't have blessings in your relationship with your kids or with your parents. When you're doing things your way, you can't have financial blessings. When you're doing things your way, you can't have God just come in and heal you and deliver you from all the, all the stuff that your life is going through. You can't do it when you're doing things your way. If you want all that, you've got to believe like givers believe it's a God thing. Secondly, about the plan is in verse uh, 6 of chapter 9. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Givers understand sowing and reaping and they believe it givers believe sowing they don't just think they don't just think it's just a a, a a good moral or a good way to live that it's just a good idea to do they understand that sowing and reaping happens that when we sow in God's things we reap in God's things and you remember that little illustration i gave you about that you know the difference is is when i give god my handfuls and then god gives me his handfuls That's what we understand. That's what givers understand about sowing and reaping, is that when we sow, we're going to reap. And then when we give, then we then we get back. It's like love. It's like smiles. It's like all those other things. The more you give, the more you get back. And with God, it's the same way. The more you sow in finances, the more you're going to get back. And you've got gifts. You've got time. You've got talents. You've got opportunity. And you give those to God as well. And you bless other people in those times and opportunities and things. When you do that, when you give in that way... You're going to get all that back as well. I believe that a lot of times. I've prayed the prayer when people come to work at church and come to a work day or something and maybe we'd have, maybe we'd have a, a devotion and I'd pray, God, just like, just like you do by giving back to us financially, I ask you, God, because of this gift of time to your church to give back. And I believe God does that. I believe whatever you sow into God, you're going to reap. And givers, givers they understand it, but they also believe in it. They live by it. And thirdly, Uh, Chapter 9, verse 2. For I know your eagerness to help, and I've been boasting about it to the Macedonians. I've been telling the Macedonians. That's what Paul said. I've been telling the Macedonians since last year. I've been telling them about, in Achaia, you were ready to give. And your enthusiasm has stirred most. Catch this right here. Your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. He's talking to the Corinthians about the Macedonians. And he said, let me tell you, Corinthians, your enthusiasm about giving has stirred the Macedonians to action, or most of them, verse three or 12 this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the lord's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to god you know you know here's here's this last truth about the plan that givers get okay it see is it is they understand the power the exponential power of seed giving now, when you when you plant a seed, that that's sowing and reaping stuff, and I know some people have gotten really weird about this planting a financial seed and you're going to get back millions of dollars or whatever. Somebody, some people have gotten really weird about that. And so I know, I know when you talk about seed giving, some people say, oh, oh, wait a minute, you're about to get weird on us. No, I'm not going to get weird on you. I'm just talking about sowing and reaping. I believe in seed giving. But here's one of the things that givers understand also is my seed gift, even though I don't have enough, what my seed gift does is it will inspire somebody else to do something. Because one of the things I shared at the nine thirty service, and so if you're going to embrace this and you're going to become a part of this, you, you really need to listen to that. You really need to get this today and listen to that. Because uh, one of the things that we talked about there is that givers don't just give based on their ability. Meaning, one of the things that it, that means is they are not limited by their ability. If there is a need this big, they'll do whatever. They'll find a way. And one of the ways they understand you can do that is when you give a when you give a seed and you let other people get involved and you you enthuse others. Uh, some of the biggest givers I've ever I've ever seen uh, give and been around in ministry. That's one of the things they would do is they would say they they knew. I mean, you've seen this, haven't you? Well, I'll give the first hundred. Y'all ever seen that? What does somebody else do? That I'll give the second. They understand the exponential power of seed giving. That if some, that if I listen, I know I know. There's 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 scripture that says you know if you let somebody see your gift, you've got your reward. You're not going to get it anymore. Let me tell you, I've had, to, I've had to let my gifts be seen a lot of times. And, 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 you know, if I get to heaven and I don't get a reward for that gift, that gift, that gift, or whatever, that's fine with me because I'm not into the reward part. What I'm into is discipling people. And if I have to let you see my gift, or if I have to let you see me give, you know, then I'm gonna, I want you to see me give because I want it to enthuse you to give as well. When, when I told you just a couple of weeks ago about giving when I didn't have it to give, that, that night uh, I was about out of gas and I had $3. I had a 30-minute drive home and I was there in church service, you know, and God told me to give that $3 and I gave that 3 And I, I don't know how many times I've, I've told that story. before. Before I walked out the door, a lady came up to me and blessed me and handed me a $5 bill. Now, that used to buy a lot of gas, didn't it? Amen. You know, $5. Used to buy more than five gallons, you know. But she gave me a $5 bill. I don't know how many times I've told that story. Why have I told that story? To brag on me? No, it was only $3. I mean, I've told that story to brag on God because I want to enthuse you. I understand the exponential power of seed gifts. Plant a seed somewhere and then tell some, I, I'm, I'm not saying tell somebody so they know, but tell somebody, find somebody, say, hey, here's a ministry, here's an area, here's a need, let's, let's take care of this need. And after church this morning, somebody came to me and they said, hey, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I know of a need and we can't meet it all by ourselves. but we'd like to know if you want to, the church join. I said, yeah, we'll do that. And in a couple of weeks, after we get the shoe boxes finished, you help us get the shoe boxes finished, we're going to come back and we've got another need we're going to meet. I'm Believing God is going to make this church a church that is a giving church. I mean, that's been part of the uh, part of what our DNA as a church was supposed to be from the very beginning from our first offering. Uh we from our first offering that wasn't designated for anything else, we gave an offering to missions because we wanted to be a a giving church. And so it's we gotta we we gotta hang on to to this, this understanding of what the giver of a DNA is. And this plan here is to understand, and, and I want some of you to get this is if you if you'll start giving and, and start giving in such a way so that and not so other people will see it to brag on you but start giving so that other people can be enthused there's a, there's a power an exponential power in that kind of a seed giving because all of it again all of it I mean we're 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 back to the very where we started right it's a god thing the money belongs to god the plan belongs to god all of it belongs to god okay so let me, just, let me just share this and close right here. Let me, let me just tell you, let me, let me kind of give you where we are, Church 2911, a little bit. You know what six weeks from today is? Actually, six weeks from yesterday. What's the date? Somebody tell me the date. Of November. Six weeks, you know what, will be 2011, New Year. Do you believe it's that close? Listen, I'm not in a hurry. I love the holidays. We're going to enjoy the holidays. We'll have a a new grandson in a couple of weeks. We're going to enjoy the holidays this year, okay? So I'm not rushing through them. That's not what I'm saying. But this week, I'm so excited about January 2nd because this week God started speaking to me about, about next year's blessing. Not just vision and dream, but next year's blessing. I got and I got I got to get with God before then. I got to find out what, what's the dream, God? What uh, you know, what what's the vision? What are the what are the steps we got to take to get the, but he started speaking to me this week about next year. And, and the reason this is important is because just a few weeks, couple of 3 months after January the 2nd, we'll be celebrating the second anniversary of the launch date of Church 2911. We'll be starting the third year. And I don't you're probably not a student Of church plants and church relaunches, like I am, you know, because I mean, this is what I'm doing, right? You know, you're you're like you're some of you are students of the things you do at work all week long. This is one of the things I'm a student of, and I tell you this: there is a there is an important uh, important aspect about the third year of a church's life. And when God started speaking this vision to me, and not just the vision, not just the here's what you're gonna do, he started with the end of it. He started talking to me about, he started talking to me about the blessings of the of this of this next year that we're about to go into. I'm so I'm so excited about the January 2nd message that I'm gonna be preaching. And I don't know what all of it is yet. But God started speaking the, the blessing of it this week to me. And I'm so excited, and here's where we are. I'm telling you this because this is a pivotal time for Church 2911. It's a critical time. It's a critical because it's, you know, here, here's where, and listen, this is the third church that I have relaunched as a pastor. I and mean, this is the third time we've gone through this. And I can tell you from experience, this is a pivotal time for us. It's a critical time. Two weeks ago when I said, I want to be a giver, that's not the only prayer I've been praying about giving. I've been praying, God, give us givers in our church. And he can do that two ways. He can send some rich fat cats from out there in here to pay all our bills and let us grow and do everything we need to do. God can do that. He's got people out there that are his children going to churches or, and ministering. Or he can He can transfer them from all over the country and, and make them buy the house across the street from us and say, I think I'll try that church, walk in here and then start paying tithes and we should be able to just take this thing to the next level financially. And then be able to go to the next level. God can do that. But if God has to do it that way, you know what that tells me? He couldn't do it through me and you. I don't want God to have to send somebody here to do what I'm unwilling to do. I want to be a part of that. See, so I'm not just praying. I'm praying, yeah, God, send us givers and send us kings. And you need to ask me what that means if you don't know, if you've not heard the sermon back from several, several months ago. God, send us more kings. Send us givers. But I'm not just praying send us that way. I'm saying also God, raise up givers in our church. Let me tell you one of the prayers I'm going to pray in the closing. We're going to bring our offering here in just a moment. Your tithes and your offers are going to bring it here, and we're going to stay here. We're going to pray over them just like we've done the last two weeks. One of the prayers I'm going to pray. It's if you are committed to God in your giving and your tithing, I'm going to pray that God will raise you further up in your finances and bless you more and more. Why? That He will enrich you so that you can be generous at every occasion and you can bring thanksgiving and honor to Him. That's what I'm going to pray. And I believe it's a giver's DNA. It is a giver's DNA to believe that that is exactly what God wants to do in you. That's the way He works. And one, one, one last little thing that we let cover up our DNA is we think, well, if God would give me, if God would give me a million dollars, if He had let me win that Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes. I don't want to talk to you about lottos and all those kinds of things, okay? We need to have another conversation about that one. If God, would let, if God would give then no, givers understand that's not the way it works. Reaping doesn't come before the sowing. Amen? The sowing starts first. And, you know, you can take a, one cob of corn, prepare it and plant it, and in the next year, what do you have? You, can have? you can have a yard full of corn in the next year. And then you take that and plant some of it, and you can have a field of corn the next year. And you take some of that and you plant it, and you can have a farm full of corn. And it just goes on and on and on and on. That's sowing and reaping. And God has hidden spiritual truths in our physical world for us to understand those things. And if you want to be a giver, then commit right where you are right now. If you make $10,000 a year and that's all you make, commit where you are right now and see God enrich you from that point. Ushers, would you come? Ushers are going to come stand before you. You're prepared. You have your gifts. You have your tithes. You have your offerings. Everybody, Please. I don't, I don't care how much. The, the, the amount is not important. But Everybody, please give. You know, if the person sitting next to you doesn't have anything to give and you're giving $2 bills, then give them one of the dollar bills so that they can give too. Let everybody be involved. Got your tithes? Got, come on. Stand with me, if you will.